As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody, we're back. And things have changed. The Lions are on an actual... Winning streak. I am, of course, Nick Baumgartner, along with Colton Pouncey. Welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. A winning streak, Colton. I don't know when the hell the last time the Lions have been on a winning streak, but this is the first time things have felt like they've been good for the Lions, I guess, in, uh, in like five yep. years. I don't know. How are we doing? Back from New York. Yeah, back from New York. Uh, got a couple slices from my uh, favorite New York pizza joint. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you went to Sbarro. <laughs> I love how people have not caught on that yet. You gotta, hey, right. new, whole new audience that, for Lions That fans scene now. was 20 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. How have you not caught on? <laughs> See, I did that for Michigan State. Like, I think I started in oh, like, yeah. 2019. And, like, yeah, when they go now, to Rutgers, again, right? Yes. Yeah. Now I have a whole new audience do that. Be back next month. I'll do it back. Do it all again. When they go so. to the Jets. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but honestly, that was, I mean, great trip for the Lions. I mean, yeah. Really was. We talked about that. That was a game that was winnable. Like yes, I, no one was scared by the seven and two record. Um, I think a lot of their wins were close, and the roster was pretty comparable to the Lions. And man, they went in there and and did their thing. Like I, I'm sure yeah. that was everything Campbell wanted to see. Took care of the football, forced some turnovers there on defense. Like that was to to go up like 19 in the fourth quarter and have that comfortable win. Like right, yeah. Haven't been Just many games like that this see. year. Yep. Yeah, I don't know the last time there was a comfortable lead like that. I, I just, talk about I think the coolest part about it was that um, it came against that team. Like the Giants were the team that the Lions kind of want to be. Like the, the Dayball's done such a good job there. They've they've had buy in just like the Lions have. Uh, you know the the record and the one score games, all that stuff, which they're still a great record one score games. Like you said, Colton, the Lions beat the crap out of them. But like that's <laughs> the the Giants aren't a team that's different than the Lions necessarily in terms of talent. That's what we talked about at the end of the show last week. But and Campbell talked about it to the team right after in the locker room. You had to be perfect. You had to be clean. You couldn't make mistakes. There couldn't be like, oh God, here we go again with that. They dodged some bullets in this game, to be clear. But you know that happens in the NFL every week. They couldn't. They couldn't kill themselves. They had to play good, clean football, and they were going to be right where they needed to be to win the game. That's exactly what they did. And I said after the game, I don't know when the last time a lot of this stuff, but like this was the first time they, that it felt like the Lions played. And looked objectively good, just plain good, probably since Caldwell was around, or maybe in the first year of Patricia before it really went to hell. Somewhere probably in there, which was 
2017, 2018. So yeah. <laughs> that's a long time. First three-game winning streak since 2017. 2017. There you go. Yeah. So that feels right. Yes, Patricia didn't do that because he came in 2018, right? No. And Caldwell's last year was, yeah, 2017, which, you know, they didn't make the playoffs, but they had a team that was probably playoff capable, and everybody Mm -hmm. knew it. So, and that's why he got fired, of course. That was their rationale. But, you know, which, of course, we look back on now, and it was ridiculous. But, (laughs) you know, like, that was a good team. My point is, is that was a team that we expected to be good. So when they had a three-game winning streak, it wasn't anything shocking this is not, man, I don't know if I'd call it shocking, but like, hey man, like this, suddenly we look at the Lions and we say, this doesn't look like a rudderless ship. This now looks like um, a really exciting, maybe exciting young core of guys who are kind of figuring it out together uh, in certain areas, right? I mean, that's what, that's what that takeaway was for me after that game. Yeah. As I was watching that, I was like, a lot of this feels sustainable. Like it does. It doesn't feel like guys are like playing over their head or, where they yeah. can't match that every single yeah. week. Like even when, well when golf was going off the first, you know, few games of the season, like part of you wondered, like, can you do that the whole season? Mm-hmm. And if not, like that's, you know, right. That's hard to do over is. the course of yeah. the season. Like that's tough. I get it. But what they're doing now where, Hey, we're going to run the ball down your throat. Uh, I think they had 160 rushing yards, four touchdowns on the ground. It's a, um, every week it's there. Goff, yep. Like just make the throws when we need you to make them. Like don't turn the ball over. Um, you play smart, efficient football. He's doing that, and he's doing it without a lot of his top options. Like, DJ Chark came back but didn't play a ton. Right. Josh Reynolds is still out. You know, Jameson's going to make his return a couple weeks probably. Um, yeah. But still, they're shorthanded in the meantime, and he's stepped up and has done what's asked of him. And um, on defense, like, even the turnovers, it's like some of these guys, like, Aiden, yeah. we've seen him make these plays. Kirby, we've seen him make these plays. Like, that just might be part of just the Just a thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, exactly. You can say it's unsustainable, but – I don't really look at it this way because Mm -hmm. a lot of the plays that they're making are just like a product of this team and who these guys are. So, I mean, for them to go in and to New York and and do that on the road against a seven and two team, like that's man, that's probably the best narrative of the season so far. And I mean, they're going to try to keep it rolling, but that was a good one to get, I think. Yeah. I mean, even down to the, you know, Aiden getting the fumble recovery, you know, and it's like in, in a play that he looks like most guys are out of. You know, and it's like, that's replicable. That's where, like, you know, when we would go through the draft eval stuff and it's always hard when, like, we talk to Dane and it's like, it's always hard when you, when people want to dog somebody for their hustle. And it's like, because you don't, you don't dog them for their hustle. You understand where people will say, well, this guy gets a lot of sacks because, um, you know, because he works really hard. And if that's all it is, and that's all it is or whatever. But the reality of it is, if you're a top-notch athlete and you haul ass and you hustle, but that's like that's next level, and that that's absolutely replicable. It's contagious, and not only do you see it from Hutchinson, but I think you see it from Kirby, and you see it from Rodriguez and Okuda at this point when he's out. They got hurt a little bit there, but you know when he's out there now. Now you look at the Lions defensively that they've you know reconfigured some things. They've switched. We haven't even talked about Aline McNeil for crying out loud, who set a PFF mm-hmm. record. They've reconfigured <laughs> some things and switched some things around. And sort of, I think more than anything, they put their trust in some guys that, some young guys that were capable of handling it and have answered the bell. And now you look at that and you see a bunch of young guys playing their butts off for a coach that they believe in. And it looks a lot better than it did six weeks ago, does it not? (laughs) I mean, things have changed a little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the way that they've been able to come together. And that's what you want to see, right? Some of these young guys stepping in, integrating themselves to this lineup. 
Um, the veterans still making plays when they need to. Like Will Harris was the one that forced that fumble. Big I time. Was a great yep. play on him. And that was at a time in the game where had to have it. I didn't really think it was. You know, I didn't really see the Giants coming back in that one. But I, I understand some of you guys out there might have had that feeling. Yeah, I mean, that's one fair. Where you put the nail in the coffin and you right. close that game. Step out on their throat. Them. Right. Exactly. And. You know, it, this wasn't even a close game. We talked about winning these close ones. They were able to win comfortably because of the way they played. Right. And I think that's so important. And Campbell was fired up after that one. Yes. <laughs> like, These guys played their asses off. Like you saw the locker room video. That was another great one. Um, and, the, and the thing is, like, I talked to Ali McNeil in the locker mm-hmm. room and he was like, I, I think I asked him, like, are there games where you just kind of know that's going to go your way? Like, at what point do you kind of figure that out? Um, he was asking a follow-up question. He's like, I knew at like 7.15 a.m. when I woke up. <laughs> That if we played our game just based on like the scouting and what we knew yeah. about this team, this was one that we were going to win pretty easily. And that's football, man. That's these good guys stuff. are thinking about that, and and yeah. you know that's the way they wake up and they think. Because some yeah. it's easy, like some guys can say that, but they might, you know, be like, "Oh, we're losing this game," but you know, uh, hey, him, it, trust me, it works the other him. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <right. laughs> so yes. for him to wake up and be like, "No, we're getting this one," and right. he said that's it was a product of the last two wins, like beating the Packers, beating the Bears. Now right. he'd wake up with that feeling like we can win some of these games. And didn't matter if it was a 7-2 playoff team on the road. They went in that game thinking they can win. They went out and did what was asked of them, and they got mm-hmm. it done. So that's progress. That's where this team is at, and I think that's that yeah. kind of tells you the state of this franchise right now and where they're going. This felt like uh, a similar sort of feeling that you had when you watched them play late last year against Arizona. Um, you know, that was the, probably the most notable one. They got the other win later there too, but the, the Arizona one where the Carters will, you know, the Carters were still fighting for their life and they made the playoffs, but they needed that game and the Lions just beat their ass. I mean, it was, they physically handled them and they had a great plan. And it was one of the same types of things where a lot of the guys afterward, you talked to them and they were like, and that was like week 14 or 15. It was really late. And they all kind of said, they're like, this was the first time maybe all year that we all kind of thought we have this one. Like the plan was perfect. We believed in it. We knew what we could do against these guys, and they just ran the ball down their throat because Arizona's soft or whatever, right? So it worked, and they yeah. saw it. And I think when they came into this season, the Lions staff thought, okay, well, we're just going to build off of where they were in that in that game or in that space of time. And, you know, that was December. That was the end of the year. That was at a time when the NFL is not normal, right? Like you're at the end of an NFL season. It's not like it is at the, at the beginning. And I yeah. think that all parties involved over those first seven weeks – made mistakes, and that includes the coaching staff, that includes the players. But I think these last three weeks, not just because they won the game, but the efforts that they've played with were what this coaching staff expected when they talked as bold as they did. Because we did see glimpses of this late last year. We did. It wasn't – they beat a playoff team, and they hammered them. And, you know, it was one that they had They had some advantages roster-wise, and they took advantage of them and made the other team feel it. Like, that's what this was. And mm-hmm. – to be able to do that in a couple weeks in a row, that's impressive. And I think that now you can see maybe why they thought the way they did when the season started. Things changed, but now you're back to maybe, I think, kind of where they hoped to be when the year started. And I wonder how much the coaches saw that last year and maybe started to get ahead of themselves just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think they did. Um, because some of the pieces that are contributing now, you know, they were rookies. They weren't around last year, so they needed time to kind of get their feet wet and kind of learn this league. And then... You also have some of these guys that were veterans that were around last year finally kind of getting back to the way they were, I guess. So, you know, I it, it is good to see, but um, I will say, I don't know, this 
they still like I don't want to crown them a playoff no, team or anything no, yet. No, like no, I think no, some no. fans might be yeah. getting ahead of themselves, but <laughs> like again, like you can't be mad at this. Like no. three games in a row. Yeah. First time since 2017. These rookies are contributing and, and they're playing well. You have other guys contributing, playing well. Um and, and the locker room's feeling good. That's I think that's all you right. can ask for right now in this point in the season. I think that's the biggest thing is they were able to because it wasn't feeling good three weeks ago. It was you know, when I went out there. I mean, like it wasn't feeling good. I mean, in relative speaking, like I've been in worse locker rooms. Obviously, I've been in, in, in the, and that, and that was good to see that they hadn't lost it or anything like that. And I didn't expect that, but it was a little sullen and surprised. And I think that the word I somebody had said that they were that that was the day that TJ got traded, or the day after that I went out there, mm-hmm. and the young guys were shocked that a guy like that had been traded. And it was like three days after Aubrey had gotten fired. And that was a huge shock to everybody. And I think after TJ's trade, it was like, okay, well, like, this is just a business. This is just a thing. Like, no one's panicking. And then they had their meeting or whatever. And they kind of just, I don't know. It felt like they stopped freaking out and just went out and played. And I tweeted the thing after the game. Like, they're 3-0 since they traded TJ. And I had to tweet after. Like, I don't mean that they are 3-0 because they traded TJ. I just mean that they're... 3-0, and the ceiling wasn't falling then, it's not falling now, it was a good trade at the time, it's a good trade now. I don't know what happened that week, a lot of things happened, but whatever it was, I think it, it added pressure in the right spots, and it took pressure away in the right spots, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but it, no, it that's what it felt like happened, you know what I mean? Yeah, it tightened up for sure, and honestly, yeah. like, it's easy to say this now, but even back then we were saying this, like... They were competitive in these games. They just couldn't every one of them, yeah. of them, except the New England game, except, right. except New England. Like every single game, they were in in the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think some of it is just a progress, you know, a product of natural growth from some of these guys. But they also just like got tired of it, you know. <laughs> like yeah. I think Jamal was the one who's like, "I'm tired of losing these games. Like we just got to come together and, and and win them." And yeah, it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to go out and do. And they've done that three weeks in a row now. Um, they've got some momentum and. We're leading into a pretty interesting Thanksgiving game now. I'm not saying they're going to get it, but they're, this is a team with some momentum, and they're they're riding the high of that for sure. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk to some of these guys um, later this afternoon. But, I mean, I, I imagine they're hyped for this one. It's another test yeah. for them to kind of prove where they're at, maybe a bit of a measuring stick. Even if you lose, like, they're still set up for the rest of the season to kind of do some damage here. So they're in a good spot. They are in a good spot. Let's touch on this Giants game here before we get into Thanksgiving and I know it's a short week, so maybe we'll go a little shorter here today. But the Giants, I mean, this this was, like I said, I mean, objectively just a good all-around day. Defensively, of course, Aline McNeil has the 10 pressures, which that is a record, right? PFF error, I mean, in terms of PFF's charting or something like this. The, yes. What do you got? Uh, McNeil generated 10 pressures in Week 11 against the Giants. Um, that's the new leader in single-game pressures by a defender over 320 pounds in the PFF <laughs> era since 2006. <laughs> So there you go. Since so that's perfect, I love that stat. That's uh, like I saw that, and when it came in, I'm like, oh, that has to be a record of some kind, like for Lions or something. Like I was like, that's crazy for a defensive I how tackle. Many he had all of last year, yeah. I, well, I looked at it, he doubled his number. I think he's up to 20 now. Like he literally doubled his number in that game. Wow. I think. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he's so much, and 20 is good. You know, for an interior tackle who's asked to do an awful lot, but you mentioned Wait, earlier, Colton. So he, he had 10 in the first nine games and then <laughs> I think so. in the 10th game. That's it was either he had, it was either <laughs> half or a third. So he's either up to 30 or 20. It was an even okay. number. I could be shorting him, but he's, I might be shorting him because he's, yeah. he's been good. All either year. way, that's impressive. But that's impressive either way. That's kind of his game. But I mean, like you mentioned it earlier, there's a guy that, you know, last year that they liked a lot of where 
where he was. I don't think that anybody disliked what he was doing early in the season, but like given the right matchup, given the right whatever, he's a dude. Like he is really good. And I think we've all seen that for some time. This was a breakout more than anything else. It was an extension of something that we've seen. We talk about replicable. Oh yeah. He's a problem. Like I think that he's a guy for a lot of these teams. Giants aren't very good in the middle and a lot of teams aren't. And you know, Aline gave Chicago problems too. It's the same, same idea. This is something that can be a thing for you all year long. Yeah. Wasn't there a team that I forgot which team it was? But there was a team out there where the draft video leaked that they wanted to trade up for him or something. Oh, like really? That, and the Lions snagged him. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and like I, people kind of pieced it together. Like, he was oh, a hidden they, guy they in college because I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. yeah, he he was a weird. Remember, Chris and I found this out. Like he was a God. What was he like? A fullback or a some shit in high school? He ran the ball. He was like a running back or something. He's got those long arms. He can squat under people. He and he played at NC State, which is not a yeah. place that a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was the Eagles. I just was it the Eagles? Well, that makes so, sense, doesn't it? Imagine, yeah, imagine <laughs> on that front, man. That'd be crazy. God Almighty. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a dude, and he's a, he's one of those guys that kind of goes unnoticed when they're you know mm-hmm. talking about these players and these young guys, just because the position he plays is not really a sexy position. But right, he's capable of games like this, especially if he had like Levi next to him. Like, oh God, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing this with like, you know, not to discredit like Isaiah Bugs and these other guys. He played really well too. Bugs did. Yeah, he did. Um, but I think. But no, I know what you mean. 100%, another dude, yeah. another attacking guy like that. So um, for him to have a game like that, that kind of further emphasizes like he's another young building block. He's got some pieces. Um, you're starting to see it come together, and we have been saying that for you know a couple weeks now. But when you got these pieces that are going out and performing, and now they're contributing to wins, it just changes the entire outlook on. On a team, really. And you mentioned uh, the Hutchinson, you know, it's two more turnovers uh, he picks up there, I suppose. That's a second interception. And, you, you know, you said that, you know, that maybe this is just something that he does. And I think that that was really <laughs> well said because I think it kind of might be, like, especially the coverage. I think they're going to extend, you know, they already have sort of to a degree, extend the ask of what they ask him to do than maybe what I already thought uh, that they would do in typical with cover. Typically, we'll see... A guy like that maybe just drop into a flat, right, or pick up a back. They've got him kind of spying in the middle. I mean, they're comfortable with him making reads. I think that when you watch him, and when I tweeted, like, he's never out of a play, ever. And it's not just the hustle. Like, he is so good laterally um, to where even if he loses a block, and this is why he's deceptively good, even if he loses a block, he sheds it, shuffles, and then finds a way to sort of like funnel the ball back to where it needs to go. Like Aiden Hutchinson is one of, I don't know if there's like an assist tackle thing out there somewhere, but he's probably one of the best uh, that you'll find in terms of like helping funnel plays and not losing contain and not losing his edge. And just, you know, even if he loses a block, he's not out of a play because he can still sort of help funnel the ball to somebody who can make a play. Sure. Um, all of that stuff is showing up for him, and it has been impressive. That thing on that interception, I've never seen him do that. I've watched Aiden Hutchinson up close for that. quite a while, <laughs> more than I ever cared to or thought I would, of course. It was not planned, <laughs> but yeah. I've been watching Aiden Hutchinson play football since like 2017 pretty regularly. I've never seen him do that, uh, and that was, that was impressive. I mean, he is... Uh, it's a hard. You can understand now, right? He was a hard guy to describe all the things he did well. It was just like he does everything really well, and it the end product is good. And I think that's kind of what people are seeing. There's not any one area that you point to and say he's going to dominate this or dominate that. 
He's just going to be like a good player who impacts a lot of areas, I think. So he's not a bust? Is that what you're saying? Not a bust. <laughs> not a ghost or anything like that. No, not a bust. No. But I, what you just mentioned was great. And I think, you know, some of the ways they're using him now, I wonder how much of that they knew at the beginning of the year and how much they learned. Yeah, just, I don't know. Just by watching that could be, practice right. and getting better and natural growth and things like that, you know. Uh, maybe they saw him in practice make a play like that. And I think like, so, yeah. Hey, that's possible. he's got that ability. That's even better for us. Let's do it in the game. Right. And Daniel Jones did not even see him. Like, no. Was, had no idea he was there. But he went up and got it, and that was an yeah. play. It looked a like hell of a play. End. Yeah. Like, that was a hard catch. Really <laughs> like, <was>. And <laughs> when you got guys contributing like that and the way they're doing, like, if you're continuing to make plays like that, whether it was the Justin Fields, you know, the – Dropping back a little bit and kind of messing up the tight end screen, mm-hmm. um, you know, picking off Rodgers in the end zone. If you're doing that consistently, that's not a fluke. It's just who you no. are at that point. And not saying he's going to lead the league in interceptions, but yeah. it just shows that he can impact games in more, more ways than just, you know, oh, he only has five sacks. That's not good right. enough. He should have 12 right now. Well, he's contributing in other ways, and you can look at that too. And that's sort of where he's at as a player, and he's going right. to keep getting better from here. Where the draft was this year and where the Lions had their pick, it was either him or Trayvon. And I think that, you know, I had convinced myself somewhere along the way that they had fallen in love with Thibodeau and I was probably too deep in my own brain. (laughs) I'll say on that one, but in reality for the defense, what they needed based on everybody that was there was were those two guys because those two guys are very similar, Walker and Aiden in that. I don't think either of them are ever going to lead the league in anything. You know what yeah. I mean? Kayvon yeah. might lead the league in sacks for a number of years. I and mean, I think Kayvon's a great pass rusher and is going to be a great pass rusher for a long time. He did get his ass kicked way too many times in the run, though, as everyone yeah. saw in this game. And that is why Hutchinson and Walker were the two that stood out for this class. Neither guy is going to be what we would consider, I don't think, yeah, like a 20 sack, you know, 80, you know, like that. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But I wouldn't rule it out for either of them to pull something like that off either, given the right year. They come in bunches, like you said. Or like we've talked about before, you know, Aiden's had multiple sack games where he, a guy doesn't account for him to be there and he just randomly runs into him and it's a sack. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of how you pick those plays up. I just think in aggregate at the end of the day, that's why, you know, it's been 11 games. People ask us to track these guys you know, what would a good season for Aiden Hutchinson look like? I think we've we've arrived at it. He's had a good season. He's he's in the rookie of the year conversation. Um I don't I think he's Sauce, playing like he wants it. Yeah, and I think Sauce Gardner is going to be pretty tough to beat in that one. He's he one of the best corners in football right now, yeah. regardless of age. No but Aiden's an all rookie type guy, and it speaks so is Malcolm, so is Kirby. You know, and I think yep. that Man, that's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good when you look across the board here for a group that has taken its licks, has had some adversity already, gone through it, and they're coming together. You can see it. Like it's been it's been fun to watch that defense the last couple of weeks. Three guys in one class on an all rookie team. I mean It's not bad. And Aleem is a second year guy. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's coming together here, uh, to a degree that I don't know defensively. Are you surprised? I am surprised defensively. This is not something that I that I saw coming. Um, it's been, and I'm surprised. I think that I, I give credit to the coaches, of course, Aaron Glenn, those guys. But this is this is a to those guys that we just mentioned, Aiden Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph, uh, Malcolm, like the mental fortitude there to be a rookie and not let any of this stuff really bother you at all. 
and just yep. keep that is impressive. And I think that's more than anything what has stood out to me. I think the, I think that we knew that the Lions had that with McNeil and we can talk about the offense and St. Brown and these guys. But those those others on defense, those other three right there, man, that's good stuff. To be able to just keep going and not let it bother you, and it clearly hasn't, right? And yeah. I think the other guys see that too. I think those are three guys that you can look at and say future leader types, you know, in the locker room. I think it's yeah. I was gonna say I think it's the guys that they drafted. Um, like we knew Aiden was gonna be good, but mm-hmm. he's also a high character dude that's gonna put sure. in the work, and we knew that going into it. But a guy like Malcolm, he kind of came in and was like, you know. I'm just going to do my job until yeah. I trust you enough to where you put me in the starting lineup. And that right. happened. We saw it happen solely in training camp, working from the third team to the second team, get a little bit of first team reps. We saw the hard knocks clip with Kelvin Shepard talking mm-hmm. about this rookie taking your job. <laughs> he went in there and took it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever since, he's not, he hasn't lost a starting job. and He's been a little banged up here. But, I mean, he's been pretty consistent for a rookie linebacker. Um, and then Kirby Joseph, that, that kid is fearless, man. He's not afraid of anything. Every time I talk to him, I'll be like – <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I asked him, like, do you need to stop doing backflips? Because you might get hurt, man. He's like, man, I don't care about that. We'll be, we'll be good. We'll be good. And he was mad that he's like, you know, I see Aiden get a pick. I want my own pick, you know? Like, that's yeah, how right. we operate. Like, I see someone make a play. I want to go out there and make a play. Like, I'm fearless. Right. And they are. Yeah, that's fair to say. They're just yeah. going out there and they're balling. Like, they don't, mm-hmm. it's, they don't care about the perception of the franchise. They're no. young enough to, like, put that stuff to the side. Um they're just going out and play, playing football. Like, it's that simple. We're just playing. Yeah. They do have a cool mix right now with that whole thing because they do have guys like that you just said, guys that do not care where this place has been. It's whatever. I don't care. Like, that it doesn't matter to me. You, you could draft me to Alaska and I would have had fun playing NFL football. That's what those, all three of the guys that you just mentioned. But you also go deeper there and you mentioned a guy like Jerry Jacobs, who I think loves the fact that he's playing at a place that has sucked historically, and yeah. he is now part of the reason that yeah. maybe they could not suck. He is such a positive like influence in the best way, and like a trash talker in the best way, and a guy sure. that I think, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I think he's a guy that loves the fact that this place is what it is, and Absolutely. he's a guy that has been cast off his whole life. I don't even think he got run at Arkansas. I think he had to like come off the bench and like all this. Another great game for him. Like, I mean, mention talk about Jerry is another guy that we we if we were talking about him in the first month of the season, Aubrey Pleasant might still have his job, I would assume, right? I don't know. Maybe that's too much. But Jerry Jacobs last couple weeks has been outstanding. Great. And I'm glad you brought him up too. I, I almost forgot about him. There's there are a lot of good pieces to talk about, but yeah. he's just as much in that mix as, as anyone else. It's funny that you mentioned that uh he probably, you know, loves being I think he does. with a team like this because yeah. I noticed if you watch after games, the Lions just give him a camera, like give him a phone yeah, and oh like yeah. let him mm-hmm. talk for like a minute. And <laughs> it's always gold. He's like, yeah, we out here. Detroit, what's up, baby? Three and oh, three in a row. We got three this. Doug, we got it. And uh, that's just who he is as a person. And yeah. as, as a second, you know, I guess a second year. Second year, yeah. Free agent mm-hmm. coming off an ACL. Like we didn't really know what they were going to get out of him, but. I mean, he fits man, this place so well. Yeah, it's he's just perfect. A perfect Campbell guy, perfect Glenn guy. Yeah, personalities infectious. We talked. I, one of the things I wondered was like, how many of those personalities do they have in this locker room? Like, just like every locker room needs one of those guys. A guy that's like infectiously positive, but also yep. like is a shit talker. It could get everyone to laugh. Like, you know, every every locker room needs one of those guys. I think Jerry's that guy. Oh yeah, and um, I think I think he's yeah. playing well enough now. We've seen enough from Jerry Jacobs over the last whatever, not just this year, but last year too. Um. Yeah, 
I would say he's a guy you pencil in and say he's a guy that you're keeping for yeah, long term right. here. Uh, he's yeah. a good player. I don't know what I would label him as. Like, you know, he's a good second corner. Like, that's what I think, Jerry, what I, you know, a good, solid, you don't have to worry about him. Um, there are going to be matchups that he has trouble with, right? But, like, he's not, like you said, you want to talk about fearless. Like, that's the number one guy on the list. When they started training camp with nothing at the start of 2021, like, he was their favorite player for the first week, Jerry Jacobs. Like, the, that was the guy that after the first, like, three days, people were like, he's going to make the team. Because, and I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, this guy is, no one even knows who the hell he is, where he came from. Doesn't matter. He, like, started a fight with somebody, like, two days ago, after, like, the first day they hit, and they love him. <laughs> and, like, it just never stopped. So you were just like, okay... So even if he can't play, he's probably going to make the team. But then you figure out, okay, well, he actually can play. And it obviously yeah. has taken off from there. So that's been a really good find. Let's let's hit pause, Colton, really quick here and then come back uh, and go a little bit shorter on the other side and talk. Suddenly, a interesting uh, Lions-Bills game on the holiday. Really quick. We'll be right back. Hey, hey. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. All right, everybody, we're back. Lions Bills here on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Colt will be there to break it all down. Colton, this was like... Six weeks ago, or four weeks ago, I think we were like, are the Bills going to score 150 points in this game? Because, oh my God, like after they played, after the Lions played, I guess it was like Seattle probably, yeah. where it was really bad. We were like, they're not they're not going to be able to like make yeah. a tackle against the Bills, which, which could still possibly happen. This is uh, obviously a more interesting game, though. I mean, Lions four and six, like... You know, Vikings coming up here in a couple weeks. Jaguars yeah. on the other side of this. That's a winnable game. Like, I, Lions always play well on Thanksgiving. We know this. Buffalo is going to be here now for the second straight week, which is weird because they were playing here last week. It was so weird game. watching, like, highlights of that game and seeing Detroit in the end zone or Lions, whatever. Yeah. It's like, where am I? Yeah, what's going on? Maybe some... I assume some of Bill's Mafia has been just hanging out in Metro Detroit for the last yeah. week uh, and is ready to go for this thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be festive, I would assume, Colton. This is going to be – you're going to be uh, – I'm not going to be there. I'm going to have Thanksgiving with the family uh, so Enjoy I don't get it. divorced. <laughs> but <laughs> this is always – now, have you – you have not – you weren't there last year, were you? You didn't go. No. This is your first one? First Thanksgiving. Okay. Maybe. It's always a festive atmosphere. I would say get there earlier. No, you're not going to want to get stuck in the crowd there. Yeah. Now the Lions are going to have a crowd. That's my point. It, they always play one Thanksgiving. But the Bills are really good. This is a different situation. I know they've had some injuries and all this, but I don't know. What are we? What are we thinking here uh, going into this one? Yeah, a few weeks ago I would have said uh, maybe stay at home and watch yeah, this one. Hundred fifty points for like the first right. half, and yeah. then turn it off and enjoy the rest of your day. But I mean, it's interesting now just because of how the Lions have played and yeah. You talk to these players and they're, they have so much confidence and, you know, I, I think they kind of see this game and we'll talk to them later, but I, I think they kind of see this game as sort of, you know, a, a measuring stick sort of game. Like, okay, right. we played, you know, what, a three and eight Bears team, a four and seven Green Bay team, um, you know, and then last week on the road, that was, that was a good win, but it's also like the Giants aren't like world beaters. So right. this is like a first like legit opponent that you have coming off this win streak and, it's a good opportunity, a good test to see where they're at. Um, 
it's at home. Maybe mm-hmm. the bills are still kind of like sleepwalking a little bit, um, just with trying to get out of that snowstorm and everything. You, right. you know, it's tough. Um, but I don't see the Lions winning it. But if they can keep it competitive, you want to, yeah. You look yeah. beyond that, and right. like after this game, that's that's kind of where I go with it. Like it doesn't yeah, really matter to me what happens in this one, as long as it's not like you don't lose fifty-two to three. Right. Um, <laughs> I think you can still be positive about where this team is going. Um, when you look at the schedule beyond, you've got the Jaguars, uh, they got the Vikings, who they should have beaten the first time they played, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the Panthers, I think, in there, or Jets yeah, who aren't and then good. Panthers. And then Neither team is, yeah. Bears and Packers would, to end. Right. Like, that's not like a tough schedule. So they can finish with some wins here if they play to their strengths. But in, in terms of this game in Buffalo, you know, we've seen them struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen is mobile and can beat you with his arm and is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's going to be a tough challenge. Yeah, and they're Kuda loaded. Is, yeah. Jeff Akuda is not playing. Um, mm-hmm. So Diggs might go off. You know, that's it's a game that probably doesn't set up. But I just think coming off the three game winning streak, like, I could see them keeping it close. I would not be surprised by that. I find this, this is super interesting now. You know, the, the Thanksgiving Day game here in Detroit has been around obviously forever and it uh, means a lot to the people here. And it means a lot to the Fords, uh, as everyone knows. And it's been a game that over the years where the Lions have struggled, it's been a game where they kind of look at and say, you know, if we get past Thanksgiving and we're, you know, still a mess, that's when we've seen change. And when I look at the last several Thanksgivings here, like you can look at last year was Campbell's first it's a national showcase, right, for the Lions. That's that's what they always look at it as internally. So last year was the first time they you had Campbell. And your your message to the people was, well, you know, we're starting over from this disaster and we're probably going to suck today, but, like, we like our coach. And that's your message. The previous message is, you know, Patricia, disaster, both times, the last two, of, two that he had. And really, the first one was, we'll see, after you'd fired Caldwell, and that was an awkward mess. Uh, and then... You go back into that, it's like 2016, 2017, the last time you can look at a Lions team that was going into a Thanksgiving Day game that had anything that wasn't like, oh my God, to think about. And you probably go back even further than that because Caldwell's last couple teams didn't have the same vibe. They'd won some games and people were expecting them to be better at that point. So mm-hmm. this is a different sort of vibe here. This is for the first time in a long time since probably Stafford and Calvin were young that the Lions are going to present a young football team that they like, that has a chance to be competitive and show well for itself. I don't want to jump too far ahead here and compare them to any any of those teams. But that's sort of what where they're at right now, right? Like as a team. And like it's interesting and it's I think it's important that they were able to rally the circle the wagons, whatever. No accident that they got desperate when they did. Uh no accident that Sheila talked when she did. That it leads yeah. up to this, you need to get it together before we go into Thanksgiving, because if we're limping into that and have to go on onto, you know, NBC or whatever the hell channel this thing's on, mm-hmm. and we're one in nine, <laughs> and uh we're gonna have to talk about how we still believe in Dan Campbell, buddy, that is a hard, hard sell to the folks uh at their homes watching. So, especially if you go out and lose. So huge this last three week stretch was massive to be able to go into this game and to have good vibes now you can't go out and fall on your face like you're saying colton but like think about that all the stuff that i just reset there now the the forwards look at this as like almost like a bowl thing or a conference championship game that's how they look at this they always have it's weird but that's their thing they look at this game 
hey, if we're playing well on Thanksgiving, then maybe we're still, you know, going in the right direction. This is an opportunity now to show that maybe you're even going further than that. I don't know. Like, yeah. maybe. Who knows? I don't want to get too crazy there, but this is uh, this is suddenly an interesting day all of a sudden. Here's what I'll say. Because of these last three wins, it almost feels like Campbell's sort of playing with house money now. Whereas, yeah, like, he isn't. He isn't. Out there. Right. Well, I would say, it, you know, looking back when they were one and six, like, right. they kept losing. If they were one and yeah. one, and one nine, and nine yeah. or whatever, yeah, right. Or even two and eight going into this game, yeah. and you lose and you get blown out, then we're talking about this Campbell have a job next year. Exactly. Right? So they're, they're not there, and these last three wins have allowed that to happen. And I think the yeah. schedule after this game also allows that to happen, um, where they can finish still on a high note, even if they lose this one. But now, because of these wins and where they're at now, four and six. Mm hmm. Even if they don't win, let's just we'll, we'll start there. If they don't win, but they keep it close, they keep it competitive, um, and you have people saying, "Oh, wow, the Lions almost beat the Bills. They yeah. held firm with the Bills." I think that sort of changes the narrative about Campbell because I almost feel like a lot of national media still views him as a sort of meathead, like right. football guy. They whatever absolutely you do. call it, and he's more than that. And I think he's kind of proved that the last few weeks here because these guys are listening to him, and you see it on the field. They're, mm -hmm. What's being asked of them, they're going out and performing and executing now. Um, some of that's just natural growth, but some of that is coaching and yeah. finally figuring out how to how to use these guys. Um, so now, if you keep it closer, God forbid you win this game. <laughs> my God, yeah, right. What are we like? What are we talking about now? Five and six. Yeah, whoa. Jacksonville after that. What? Yeah, six with Minnesota six? coming in on like a divisional on game that matters. I mean, right? Yeah, that would be yeah. that so would be a I lot view this as a good opportunity, a big opportunity. Um, Yes. And honestly, like if they lose, like, and I even saw some people saying this on Twitter yesterday, if they lose, people aren't going to be mad, um, no. depending on how they lose. But Right. Yes. Uh, still, if you, if you keep it close and you lose, all of a sudden, okay, fine. We lost short week. Let's regroup. We got Jacksonville um, at home. That's a game you can win. All of a sudden, you're right back in the mix. So, yeah, I mean, big opportunity. I think I'm going to write a story this week about just what's at stake here. If yeah. they can find a way to get it done, because I, don't, I think we're not. I, we're talking about it, but I don't know if it's being talked enough outside of the state right now. Right, probably outside not outside Detroit. So that's such a good point big, big about that's such a good point about Campbell that you make. You know, like, and I was glad to see that Greg Olson. Um, they, they, the broadcast talked about Ben Johnson, you know, quite a bit during the game, and he's gotten a lot of buzz. Uh, he was on uh, NFL Network's list there of the young assistants to watch and all this. I was glad to see Greg Olson um, on the broadcast give a lot of credit to Campbell. Um, for a lot of this. And, you know, that's what Chris and I were trying to write a year or two ago when we talked to all these people that he knows. They all tell you, like, Dan Campbell is, and we see it, of course, here, he's a sharp guy with football. I mean, he is not an a oaf. <laughs> that's not what he is. No. He's a thinking man's football coach. You know, it's it's obviously there's a lot of gas and everything else that goes into that too, but he thinks about the game in a way that I think a lot of people who are super into modern football concepts and analytics and everything else you'd be super jacked about to have a conversation with Dan Campbell about. So I think great opportunity for him, but also when you're saying that it, it made me think this is a great opportunity for the country or whatever to see some of Brad Holmes's moves on display or some of his draft picks. Yep. Um, because suddenly, like we've just talked about this whole show, you've got, you could have a, a day where if you go out and play well, you're going to be led by pretty much all guys that he's drafted. And that's what this is for the Lions. Uh, it's not a game that you have to go win or whatever for any here now or whatever. But it's if you go out there and you play well and all your best players who are your young draft picks play well and, and show that, 
then you're going to get all that respect from everybody. They're going to see exactly what this is. I mean, we've been pretty consistent, I think, with our message on what we've thought the Lions are or where they're at. And they still have a ways to go, and especially at quarterback and some other areas. But there are some good young pieces here, and there's been some smart decisions that have been made here. And a lot of it was getting lost in the shuffle at 1-6. and six. And that was hard to see a little bit. That's frustrating, right? Um, but I think now some of that's gotten cleared up a bit over the last couple weeks, and that can happen in the NFL. And now you're back to where I think they hoped they would be after the hard knocks, where it was like people looked in and they were like, hey, maybe I like the Lions. Maybe maybe yeah. they aren't so – maybe this isn't a joke, right? Yeah. You're back to that now. Like I feel like they're back to where they were when the closing scenes of the final hard knocks show mm. ended, at least to a degree. Not Maybe not all the way because people were pretty insane when hard knocks was going on. That, that was nuts. <laughs> but – you're you're like at a more re- reasonable level of that, right? Does that make sense? Like it does. Yeah. You can you can be hopeful, you can be proud about some of the stuff you've done, but understanding that you've got a long way to go and, and be hopeful about it. And I think that that's where Lions fans that I talk to, I tell them like that's where you should be because I've seen very little uh, from these guys that tell me that they can't do this. You know what I mean? We have to yeah. see if they can, but I haven't. The people that wanted to, well, he reminds me of Quinn, or this this move reminded me of, I have seen nothing that reminds me of Bob <laughs> Quinn or Matt Patricia here, okay? Like, that's what I would say. Um, and I think that this is another opportunity to prove that. Now they're at a point where they can be mad at some of these early losses. Yeah. And be like, well, if we'd beaten what were Minnesota, we right. uh, if we'd gotten this one, you know, we could yeah. have been winning record or 500 at this point. And I get that. But, you know, other thing, with, now that you brought up Hard Knocks, like, what are my takeaways from Hard Knocks? Like, why would the Lions sign up for this now? Yeah. They want to show off Dan Campbell. They want to show off this coaching staff. And the culture. The culture and everything. And also, probably want to show off some of their guys with free agency coming up. Yes. And knowing this is going to be a big offseason to kind of add that talent and fill the roster and do the things that Brad Holmes, quite frankly, wasn't doing before because whether it was, you know, budget constraints or whatever, stuff, not, yeah. you're not there yet. I get it. Um, but this is the big offseason. We talked about that. So now I also look at this Thanksgiving game. Okay, you've won three in a row. You're playing a Super Bowl contender that everyone knows with a dude like Josh Allen <laughs> at quarterback. If you find a way to win this one with everyone watching, the spotlight's on you. This is your big moment. Mm-hmm. That's the only that's the same same effect of hard knocks in my Huge. opinion, where yeah. you can convince some of these free agents that you guys are going in the right direction, four games in a row. They see Campbell. They see these post-game locker room scenes. And oh, yeah. They could say, hey, I want to play for that dude. This is a yeah. big, big test, big moment for them. It would be huge. I mean, yeah, to see St. Brown eating turkey down there and doing all the, I mean, it would be yeah. everything you want it to be. It would be bigger, I think, than the than, than whatever impact. Because Hard Knocks was just fairy dust. It was just, sure. and it's in the air. We don't know. We'll see. This is this would be a four-game winning streak at the tail end where you've beaten Green Bay and, like you said, Colton, one of the best players in football today. Um, pretty good. Chris and I always like to talk about during when we would unpack what went wrong in the Patricia era. Like, and there's so many things, but we would always go back to when they were playing the Chiefs. Um, in in Detroit, like it was the end of September, I want to say, of his second year. Maybe it was the like game three or four, even whatever it was. And they were going into a bye, and like they had them beat. They had them beat fourth quarter, like fourth down, had them beat. And Mahomes got out of it and goes down, scores touchdown, they win the game. And it was like, I don't think Patricia won maybe two more games after that. And like, that was one where like, the building was just like unglued. Chris went down to the concourse and took like 
He was going to go take a video if they got a stop on that fourth down to see like what would happen. Everything felt like it was about to turn and then it just <laughs> collapsed, right? Like yeah. they, they have these moments where they, they tease you a little bit sometimes. And I feel like the Lions have had some of these with Campbell, but like as long as you just keep sort of pressing the course and show what you can do, they'll respond. And I'm curious to see how this goes because the crowd is going to be into it. It's going to be jacked up. When the game starts, it'll be like the season opener. Remember how that was? Yeah. It was, I mean, and that was legit. That was, that, was that was legit. When the crowd, when the ball kicked off before, you know, the season started there, that was as electric as anything I've ever seen at Ford Field. So I think that you're going to see something similar on Thursday and um, we'll see if they can, if they can do anything. But yeah, I mean, this is the one where you say, if you want to make a splash to the rest of the league, it's this, because this would be an actual win and, Things that you can really say the culture is working. Um, you know, there's still parts that need to be fixed here, and you can be maybe that part. And I think that that's the sales pitch that you're hoping to send here. Can you imagine the uh, post game locker room video that we get if they end up winning this one? <laughs> I don't like. Uh, they might carry Campbell off. Yeah, yeah carry Campbell off. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. it's a it's a fun group, and it's it's fun to see having fun. All right, like I think that that's we can say that that's. They're a fun group to be around when they're having a good. They're a fun group to be around when they're losing too. To be to be fair, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, they're not, they're not too bad. I have a. It's fun group to be around no matter what. But it's one that definitely works hard. It's cool to see some of these guys that have worked hard get some payoff. But now it's like now it gets harder because now the more we expect of them, we know what you can do. We know you can go play clean football. We know what their best is, right? I think that that's what we and we haven't been able to say that probably in a good minute with this group. So uh, with the good comes the bad. They're getting some reinforcements here. Yep. James. Jameson. We haven't talked about him. Uh, Practice, practicing this week. Mm -hmm. Might need a few more weeks to get going, but when you get a dude like that back, Romeo Quara, he's he's Romeo too. I'm not sure when he's going to be activated, but maybe he would be huge. You know, we'll see about that. And Romeo would be huge. Yeah, he would, especially for this defense and kind of where they were at earlier. Um, But man, it's like, it's it's hard not to be, yeah. not to look ahead to what this can be, right? You still want to live in the moment, and be like, we know what this roster was, and um, they could still have some growing pains along the way. But with the way they're playing and some of the stuff, it, it feels sustainable. It doesn't feel like they're playing above their weight, um, and so it'll be interesting. We got what seven more games here, something like that. Yeah, man. So you get the short week, empty the tank, and then you get the little mini buy almost because you get the sure. weekend off. So we will see how it goes. That'll be it for us today. Uh, we'll be back, or maybe, I don't know, we'll see you next week. We'll, Colton will get the weekend off anyway. He'll get the mini-buy. And then come back on the other side to break down Lions-Bills, whether it goes good, bad, or indifferent. Either way, in any event, for Colton, I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you guys later. Later.